I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello and welcome to Happy Foot, Sad Foot, your LAFC gateway drug and the only LAFC podcast that knows Chucky Lozano's real estate agent. I'm Travis Helwig. And I'm Darren Miller. Welcome to our preview of LAFC's first match in the inaugural League's Cup versus FC Juarez on Wednesday, August 2nd at 7.30 p.m. at BMO Stadium. You can watch it on MLS Season Pass on Apple TV+, and we'll be live streaming our post-game call-in show 10 minutes after the final whistle at youtube.com slash at happyfootsadfoot. Subscribe now. You can get notified when we go live. Also, if you enjoy the show and you want to help us keep making it, become a friend of the foot by clicking the Patreon link in the show notes or pick up some half house Afo merch by going to happyfootsadfootpod.com. Later in the show, Darren chats with managing editor of U.S. Soccer for The Athletic, Alex Abnos, who returns to the show for the first time since our episode one when he came on and he made some predictions and we told him he was crazy to think FC Cincinnati was a good team. As always, we're going to talk about the storylines of the match. We're going to make some bets. But first, fresh off back-to-back Patreon-only Oops All Banter Marathon episodes. It's a far more tolerable, entirely free, normal segment edition of listener-mandated banter. Darren, how you doing? Whew, I'm still good. I feel like we've talked about everything there is to talk about in the last week or so. <laughs> I'm in New York City, as you can see through yeah. this, this beautiful window. What um, a view. I'm on the Lower East Side. Yeah, I'm at, I don't want to say what, well, by the time this comes, no, that's not true. I don't want to say where I am, but I'm on the, you don't uh, want the Bob I'm show, right? side. <laughs> I don't need the foot clan showing up to uh, stab another soccer ball and leave it on my doorstep. It's crazy how, you know, they're rabid everywhere. They're, of course, there's plenty in New York. Uh, I have to check in under a fake name so they can't find us. Alex Wallace, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No one wants to see him. The, <laughs> the, I always uh, go by Alexei Law so I can live in peace. It's my, so I'm going back home to see my family in two days and I've been here for three days and I lived in New York for a long time and it's just crazy how much people drink here. I yeah. just can't hang anymore. Look at my face. It's like round. I'm so <laughs> bloated from the amount of alcohol. Last night I took it easy. And I think I had five drinks. Like it's a it's a city full of constantly drunk people. It's a wild place. 
<laughs> that, I remember that being the case, especially especially in the summer. Yeah, you're in prime drinking time in New York City. Yeah, because everyone wants to be outside and like yeah. It, what What's funny is like young people here now. So we went to Dime Square, which is like that hyper trendy fucking neighborhood that the Red Scare people or whatever used to live in that, you know, this is I don't know if it's still trendy if I as a 36 year old know about it, but it was a few years ago. And I was talking to uh, our friend Paul about how annoying it is that when we lived in New York, the aesthetic was like, we're going to everything should be shitty and we're going to do shot like shots of the worst alcohol and we're going to drink a bunch of PBR and that's the aesthetic of our generation and these young people go to Dime Square and they drink martinis and fancy wine and get drunk outside I'm like why did we get the, why did we have wow. to live like cockroaches they, li- <laughs> they seem so happy <laughs> that's really funny yeah I can't even imagine a world where us out of college had the wherewithal could have had the wherewithal to or the money obviously to drink yeah well <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, it is, it was, it is a money thing. Maybe that always existed, but it's like the idea of being 22 and drinking a martini is insane to me. And that's what everyone was doing at the bar last (laughs) night. (laughs) Wow. Whereas like we were like literally doing shots of pickle juice uh, at the levee in Williamsburg. Yeah. Oh man, the levee. Is that still around? Getting those free cheese balls. It is still around. Oh my God. That's cool. Um, yeah. So just know that young people are, I don't know, we didn't have to live like shit is what I'm saying. <laughs> wow. You heard it here first. If you're, if you're a young person coming up in this world, you know, don't be trashy on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, we could, I mean, maybe these people are like people with money because we didn't have, we were buying, we were going to the levy because of the free cheese balls, you know, like we were. Free cheese. Yeah. <laughs> Got to put Buck Hunter somewhere, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh all right, let's. Why that's enough banter, right? Unless you got any, anything going on in your life, you have another kid. No, <laughs> we're we're good now. All right, I think we can start the show, Darren. As a post-casual LAFC fan, the amount of LAFC in my life has swung wildly between, on one end, complete overload with ups and downs invading the rest of my actually very normal, well-rounded life, full of other things I also care about. Believe it or not, like co-raising children and working a full-time job for which I send and receive many emails every day. <laughs> and on the other end, sudden cold turkey withdrawal, followed by a handful of real and rumored roster changes and a tournament with new rules and new teams from a whole other league. I've been out of the dating game for a long time on purpose, but I think this is what it's like when someone love bombs you, then ghosts you, then texts you out of nowhere to invite you to a sex party with a bunch of their friends they used to talk shit about constantly. Like, don't worry, I I have a buy. We can skip the group stage and go straight to the knockout stage. Luckily, my friend Travis, the human LAFC crazy wall, can always tell me what the fuck is going on and why it matters, even while on vacation, because the crazy wall is portable when you are the crazy wall, in a weekly consensual knowledge drop we call Storylines. Darren, you said a lot of the storylines in your intro. (laughs) (laughs) Really? I was like, well, they got it all all right. Maybe I don't need to do this. Okay, well, maybe. That song, by the way, a a summer vacation version of that song, it it slaps even harder. Yeah, it feels, it's like Yacht Rock. You know, you could play it on a boat. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Darren, we made it. 
We reached the end of the two weeks off our team so desperately deserved. Madi Bogush went to Poland. Carlos Vela went to Hawaii and brought along a professional photographer. Of team course. security Paul went to Solvang. Three places we all want to go. And also, I just want to say, it's weird that I know where these people went on vacation. They got to start learning like to do what celebrities do, where they wait until they get back to post the photos. Because like you're going to get bling-ringed. This is why they do it. Don't get bling ringed. Don't oh. get Kim Kardashian in France, man. Don't tell us where you are. Shit. <laughs> That's true. Getting real serious. <laughs> um, I even feel weird about posting where I am sometimes where I'm like, I don't want people to know I'm not home. Whatever. Wait, this is the middle ground between true older dad vibes and what it was before because my dad is afraid to leave home because he's like, I don't want the pipes to freeze. So that's what's next. <laughs> this is the middle step. If I go on vacation... Who will adjust the thermostat? (laughs) As we stare down our first game of League's Cup, I wanted to just give a quick primer to folks who aren't sure what League's Cup is. Because I have a feeling a lot of people are about to start watching MLS because of some guy down in Miami. And every new casual will just assume FC Juarez is a team that, I don't know, is in like Iowa. So this is the first (laughs) official year of the League's Cup which is a mid-season tournament between every MLS club and every Liga MX club, which is the Mexican League. It's a World Cup-style tournament with group stage games, and the top two teams of each group moving on go to a knockout round of 32 teams. Why do we care about this tournament that isn't a regular season game? Well, the teams who finish in the top three in the tournament all clinch berths into the CONCACAF Champions League, and they're all competing for a $40 million prize pool with teams winning cash for every game they win and every round they advance to. The winner of the championship will win around $2 million. That is a much larger sum than every other continental tournament that we've played before. The U.S. Open Cup winners win like $300,000. So $2 million is a big payday for an MLS club. I never even realized any money was involved for the clubs. (laughs) Yeah, you win. So like we get money because we're in the knockout round, despite having not. Well, let me get into that. All that said, Darren, I need you to ignore everything I just said about the group stage because that doesn't apply to us. We won MLS Cup last year, so we got a special little buy into the knockout round. We get to skip the first round altogether. And because of that, the first storyline of this match is quite clear. This game on Wednesday is a must-win game. I don't know if you remember, Darren, but the last few months of LAFC haven't exactly been world-class. We've been tired and uncreative and, frankly, kind of boring to watch at times. We've already talked a lot about why that is, but the truth is a lot of those games sort of felt unimportant. Whereas this game on Wednesday is the very first game that has actual real consequences since the Champions League final, which I believe we won by like 40. I'm not sure. I forget what happened. Oh, we must have. Yeah. If I forget, it means we won, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Something else to keep in mind for this match is that not only is it a must win, but like the group stage games, there will be no extra time. Any game that ends in a tie goes directly to penalties, which is a terrifying way to end any game and adds an element of randomness to the entire tournament. But if we can get through the next five games with five wins in a row, something we've been able to do before in the past. We can win the League's Cup trophy and add another banner to the east side of the stadium that will blow in the wind in a way that sort of looks like it might fall down on the crowd at any moment. 
There are also some in our fan base that think we should punt on the tournament entirely. Let the team practice and gel for another month, ignore the money and the Champions League spots, and strive only to win the MLS Cup. If we won the Champions League or we were still in Open Cup, I might tend to agree. But playoffs are pretty random sometimes. And Cincinnati pretty much has the supporter shield locked up. So this might be one of our best chances to win a trophy this season. And while we like to think of ourselves as the best team in the league, I'm not so sure we're the favorites to win League's Cup. We've been playing borderline terribly over the last few months, and the messy of it all in Miami adds a really interesting sense of intrigue to the whole tournament. We could return to form, or we could keep struggling, which brings us to the second storyline of the week, Darren, which is this. Will all this rest help or hurt us? You see, Darren, we've been begging for this time off for over a month and a half now. The team was straight up exhausted. But have you ever come back to work after a vacation or woken up from a nice nap and suddenly forgot how to do anything? Your brain is full of goo. You show up to your job and you remember that life doesn't have to be all work all the time. Has that ever happened to you, Darren? Yes, it does. (laughs) Yes, it is funny when you return to work and you're just like, oh, it's still this, this. Yeah. I just saw dolphins last week, and this is what I got to do. <laughs> you immediately are like, wow, that was a nice vacation. You know what I really need is a vacation. <laughs> yeah. It is like it breaks down like the social contract when you work at a job for a long time where you're just like, wait, I can just like walk around during the day. I don't have to be in this building. I think a thing that we all have in the back of our heads to get through normal business hour jobs is you just tell yourself that's what everyone in the whole universe is doing. We're all in our respective offices. So there's nothing you could do if you went outside because that's what everyone's, there's no one there. No one's doing anything. We're all working. (laughs) Turns out not the case. No. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that sort of post-vacation goo brain happens in sports all the time. A lot of time off can mean a lot of rust. And at the moment, we're seeing that with some Liga MX teams in League's Cup who've only played a few games and haven't yet returned to match fitness. It's the same as us in the Champions League, which happens right at the beginning of our season. It takes some time to find your rhythm, especially when the stakes are high. But on the other hand, sometimes rest is great. Like when Leon had four weeks off and they played us in the Champions League final, which again, I don't remember the outcome of. I think we won 40 to zero. Darren, do you think the two weeks off will help or hinder the team? I think it'll help. I, we needed some amount of time off. And then you never know what the amount of time is where the threshold is, where it's like, okay, now we've had enough time off. Let's get back into it. Oh no, we're still just like hanging out. And now it's going to be harder to come back. But you just, like you said, Leon was four weeks. They seemed fine. Yeah. Except for the fact that we obviously beat them 40 to one, 40 to one, 40, nothing. I don't remember. It was one of those, right? Mm, Yeah, it was. I I remember, you know, I don't have a great memory. Anyone had scored 40 goals in a soccer game ever. And it was Mm -hmm. us. (laughs) They also knew that whole four weeks who they were playing and they could focus all of their attention on that, where it's like, we just found out it was Juarez, and we have three days to to get it all. Yeah. It's also uh, kind of like jumping into a mosh pit at a concert you're late to. <laughs> you're like, do I, yeah. how do I do this? Yeah. like Now all those teams are sort of back up to form. It's like when, like, you know how there's like a, a trend within the NBA that the team that wins the play-in game tends to win game one of the series when they go play in the real playoffs? It's yeah. like... 
you get and that happens like with wild cards in baseball too it's like if you get a buy sometimes you're just not ready for the competition yet like your brain's not there whereas the other guy everyone else has already played two games and they've eased their way in or whatever so it'll be interesting to see i think two weeks off is a short enough period of time everyone got a real vacation they've been practicing for a week i think we're gonna be okay but it's still you know, if you said we look rusty coming out of vacation, I wouldn't be surprised. But yeah. another hiccup to that question is our third storyline in the match, Darren, which is this. Our roster is completely in flux at the moment. Tom Bogert, our close personal friend, reported right, right. that Jose Cifuentes is on his way to Scotland, but no official deal has been signed. The team hasn't posted about it at all. But if I were a betting man to prevent injuries before the deal, I would guess He's not going to be on the field for us. And on top of that, as of recording this on Sunday afternoon, we have two more pieces joining the team in the coming weeks. There's Mario Gonzalez, the 27-year-old Spanish striker, who Vince described as a guy who could score scrappy goals up front from tap-ins to off-balance rockets. And he's also a guy who could play face-up offense too, dribbling one-on-one to beat defenders. And then we also have a brand new midfield player, the 21-year-old Bulgarian international Filip Krastov, who I have heard has the nickname Fufu, which I absolutely love. And while I will be saying, release the Krastov when he does something cool, I think we can all agree we'll be calling him Fufu from now on. We acquired Fufu on a loan, and he looks to have a lot of potential as Sifu's replacement. And as someone on Patreon pointed out, we went from Sifu to Fufu, which someone should make a Photoshop of from Justin to Kelly, but with from Sifu to Fufu, just something to put out into the world. (laughs) Fufu has great quickness and is really talented at weaving around players while keeping his head up and finding the right pass. He's young and green and quite good at long-range shooting, which Darren, I know you're a big fan of. Oh, I hate it. <laughs> I, asked, I asked this question on Twitter, and there seems to be a good deal of confusion around League's Cup roster rules. And because of the visas taking a while for these guys and the fact we submitted a roster before we signed these folks, I, I feel like we will most likely not see either of them on Wednesday, but I could be wrong. It's I've I put out the question of, is it possible? And no one seems to have a clear answer, which I think says to me that it's probably not going to happen this round. But there are some players who we will see returning, including our hero goalkeeper, Maxime Crepeau, who is on the roster. He's finally fit enough to make the roster, but I doubt he will see any meaningful minutes at the moment. I don't know if he could play a full match at the time, but he's healthy enough to be back there. And also Eddie Segura is back from injury and signed an extension with the team who can help shore up our back line, which honestly we desperately needed. Maybe Hollingshead got new legs installed over the last two weeks. I don't know, but I'm happy to see Eddie Segura back on the field. Maybe Hollingshead got his old legs reinstalled. That'd be (laughs) great too. I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for, but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. They just like, like they just popped off. You got to pop them back on. You yeah. know? All that is to say, there's a lot of questions that are going to be answered during our game on Wednesday, which brings us to the final storyline of the match, Darren, which is this. Who the fuck is FC Juarez? <laughs> they came out second out of South Group 1, beating Austin FC 3-1 to on Saturday in Austin, and they lost in penalties to another Liga MX team whose name I'm choosing not to pronounce because even if I try, someone will make fun of me on the Patreon comments. Juarez, of course, is the border <laughs> town that exists as basically also the city of El Paso. There's from their stadium, you can literally see the Rio Grande, which is, of course, the border between the U.S. and Mexico. Juarez and El Paso are so much the same city that I'm willing to bet that Beto O'Rourke has been to a game. Last year in the <laughs> Amex, they weren't great, you know, coming in third to last in the league. And in that league, like MLS, has no relegation. But in any other league around the world, they would probably be, have been relegated after last season. But so far in the few games they've played in Liga MX this season, they've done pretty well. After only three games, they are tied for second place, which two wins and a draw, tying Tigris and beating Club America in the famously difficult to play Azteca. Since their League's Cup loss was in PKs, you could technically say that they are undefeated in their last five games. They haven't kept a clean sheet in any of their matches, but they haven't been held scoreless either. I'm not going to pretend like I know a lot about their players, but the 29-year-old Spanish winger, Aitor Garcia, joined the team this year and was dominant against Austin, scoring a brace with two genuinely beautiful goals, if you have seen the highlights. And just a little fun thing to think about, Darren, if we beat Juarez on Wednesday, there's a pretty good chance that our next round matchup will be against a team called Club León, the team that set off a chain of events that absolutely derailed our season, but who, when we played in the Champions League finals, I'm pretty sure we defeated 40 to zero. Those are the storylines of this week's match going into League's Cup. When we come back, Darren is going to chat with Alex Abnos. And we're back. He's worked at Sports Illustrated, The Wall Street Journal, and is currently a managing editor for U.S. Soccer at The Athletic. Please welcome back to our show, our old friend and first ever guest in front of the foot from episode one, Alex Abnos. How's it going? It's great to be back. Uh, You guys have grown so much. You have merch now. There's like merch with the podcast name on it, you have like eight different t-shirts on your website. It's crazy. Like the amount of things that are on there now that were not there when I joined. Uh, yeah, it's, you, uh, it's super cool to see you all again. Yeah. Thank you. I mean, you, you launched us into the stratosphere from day one. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I do want to review when you first came on the show Yeah, back in 2023 BME, the before Messi era, mm-hmm. which is ancient history. We all know. I barely remember uh, it. <laughs> we played a game where you had to make the best case possible in 30 seconds for the biggest threats to LAFC's quest for a repeat for the cup. 
I would say since then, LAFC has kind of become somewhat predictably our own biggest threat with you know, our situation. Um, yeah, I mean, so I I will, uh, this is like total hindsight 2020 thing, but on my list, I had toyed with the idea of putting yourselves, LAFC, as one of my five. Right. And I didn't do it just because I thought that that would be weird or kind of a gimmick. And now I really wish I had because I would have looked real smart. Um, That's funny. But- yeah. Yeah. Well, let's look at some where some of these teams are because I, I, I think there's some surprises and some not such surprising outcomes here. And I think this is less about how well you predicted things and more like how well have these teams lived up to the potential that was there at the beginning of the season. So the teams that you mentioned during that segment, the Galaxy, Austin FC, Seattle Sounders, the Union, FC Cincinnati. Galaxy has been a a glorious bust. We've loved watching it. They're still, (laughs) I will admit, a thorn in our sides. But these are teams like, seems as we thought, like they're solid contenders, especially come playoff time, right? You mentioned FC Cincinnati, and I'm going to play the clip from that segment because not only was it very prescient, we also thought you were a complete idiot for saying it. And so I want everyone to know how dumb we were, not just how smart you were. FC Cincinnati, I can't believe I'm saying this about this team. They were so bad for so long, but they seem to have the makings of a really solid team now after a couple of years rebanking the roster. In Brenner and Brandon Vasquez, they have a really solid one-two punch up top. Both scored 18 goals last season. It's insane to have one player score 18 goals. They have two, and they're their starting strike. Luciano Acosta is one of the best playmakers in MLS. And defensively, they've got some work to do, but if they can make even a little bit of progress there, they have every chance of making it to MLS Cup, where they might beat LAFC. Cincinnati? I know. Really? That was pretty good. (laughs) I mean, listen, I I will take full credit for predicting them to be good. I will uh, conveniently ignore the fact that I said that their defense was going to be terrible when they, in fact, have one of the best uh, defensive units in the league. I will also ignore that Brenner is, well, he, he didn't score too many goals, but it also he's off to Udinese. They were able to sell him on. I should have seen that coming and mentioned that, you know, they would have to fill in his spot. But overall, you know, come on. Like, they're pretty much wiping the floor with the rest of the league so it's far. Crazy. They're, they're way, way, way out in front of the supporter shield. I'd be kind of surprised if they lose that at this point. Yeah, I, I think they they had the kind of start where you kind of wait for the other shooter to drop until they get far enough into it that you're like, oh, it's not going to happen. They're just going to stay this good. So that's been crazy. I'm wondering if besides that, what your biggest surprise has been in terms of the stories of, of how all teams have progressed so far this season. I know St. Louis, New England, yeah, et cetera, yeah. are up there now too. So you took the words right out of my mouth with both of those teams. I mean, St. Louis is the big surprise in the week. They're beating the West right now. It's crazy. And that's another one where it's just like you, you're waiting for the other shoe to drop. Like, that's cool. Like, they have this great start. I think they had five wins in their first five games or something insane like that. And every game was, you know, they were just blitzing other teams. And I was just like, they can't do this for a whole season. It's going to get hot. It's going to get into the middle of summer. They're going to have injuries. They don't have any depth. And that just, like, straight up has not happened for them. And more power to them. They're, the environment of their home games has been amazing. I am also really surprised by the New England Revolution. I don't know why I continue to doubt a Bruce Arena team. I just didn't think that they would have the horses to to do what they did last year again. And they've been one of the best teams in the East. I'll also say Real Salt Lake, pretty good. And they just got a lot better with a character that you guys know very, very well, Chicho Arango. They brought him back from Pachuca and he started scoring goals basically immediately and is now looking once again like one of the best strikers in MLS. Uh, yeah. I'm sure that doesn't pain you guys at all to hear that. We, we've um, had some. Yeah. We've we've been pretty brokenhearted recently. Not only are we very much in need of exactly what he was, but then <laughs> yeah. he came back and 
and with Musovsky, it's just like old LAFC doing yeah. really well. That yeah, I mean, it's been tough to watch that. So LAFC has had their first break in a long time. We now face the League's Cup and the rest of the season with a slightly different team. We have a couple of guys incoming. So I'm curious what you think of where we sit right now with all this happening, and also just with the League's Cup. We're jumping into this. What's that been like so far? We play Juarez, we just found out. I don't know anything about them. I don't know anything about any of these League MX teams. What's your radar looking like for that? Yeah, so the Weeks Cup in general has been, I would say it's been hit or miss in terms of the quality and the the attractiveness in terms of like the watchability of the games, let's say. Interesting, yeah. Like, it was sort of put on to be this kind of like big, almost made for TV event. It's just, it's a very manufactured it's mm-hmm. there's no other really competition like this. It's literally two weeks getting their heads together and being like, how can we help each other out? Let's do this competition, which is interesting. But, you know, it, it remained to be seen if that would make for an, a competition that anybody would actually want to watch because it doesn't have the same sort of, I don't know, credentials behind it that the CONCACAF Champions League does. It's kind of like the CONCACAF Champions League without the name Champions League or I guess Champions Cup, as it's now called. Juarez was one of the team's uh, they were in a group with Austin FC and Mazatlan. And those are obviously two Liga MX teams and, a, and an MLS team. And the way the competition is formatted, you were going to have these games where two Liga MX teams play each other in this game that supposedly means something, but the game is happening in the United States because all of the games are taking place at MLS venues. And I was really curious going in to see if, sure, if Club America or... Uh, Monterey or Tigres or whatever, they play each other in an MLS stadium. I'm sure a lot of people will come out for those games because those are huge clubs that have really gigantic fan bases in North America. But like Juarez and Mazatlan are not exactly giants of Liga Emekis. And they played each other at Austin's Q2 stadium. And I watched a little bit of this game. Darren, I'm, it, I really looked like there were about 500 people in the crowd. It was, oh, a, no. it was like a, it was like a mostly empty stadium the quality was not really there in terms of a competition, so I think playing LAFC will be a little bit of a little bit of a different situation for them. That being said, I would never underestimate the quality of any of these Liga MX teams. I think this competition has shown the results to be fairly even between them. It's not as if one league is totally wiping the floor with the other. I think once you get down to it, once again, once you face those bigger Liga MX teams, the same names I'm going to mention again: Monterrey, America. Tigres, Pumas, maybe even Atlas. These are all teams that have, they might not have the same level of big stars at the top of the roster that some MLS teams do. Nobody's walking in here with like a Lionel Messi or even like a Denny Buwanga, but they do have more quality, generally speaking, throughout the roster. So spots one through 26, if you want to cut it off there generally speaking, they're better teams. And I think that depth lends itself really, really well to a tournament format where you're playing games fairly often. And what do you make of where LAFC stands right now, either going into the tournament or the rest of the season? Yeah, I mean, I think they're set up really well. I know that losing out on Champions Cup was a little bit of a disappointment. And we, we certainly learned that lesson of, of their depth the hard way with Leon. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, But listen, at the end of the day, you guys are sitting in second in the West, the only team ahead of you is St. Louis. I still don't think St. Louis is going to have it for the entirety of the season. Feel free to play that back and make fun of me uh, <laughs> oh. You know, two or three months from now when you have like 16 more shirts on your site. 
and uh, you're the number one MLS podcast. You're the only um, guest, and it's, it's turned into like a weird gotcha scenario. It's not. Yeah, I know, I know. Not on purpose. <laughs> so, 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 no, no, it's fine. Um, but in addition to that, you've added Mario Gonzalez. I think that's a really, really good acquisition. His goal scoring record in Portugal has been really, really good. You're losing Jose Cifuentes to to Rangers, most likely. I can't remember if that's gone totally through. I know it's been on the edge. I've been it, talking with Tom Bogart about this like yeah, on, let's a, say, yeah, on an everyday we, basis. Just last time, uh, I think on last maybe two episodes ago, was that it's Bogart official, which is good enough for us. Okay, all right, all right good. <laughs> I should know that considering I'm his editor, but just, been a, few, a, few, a few other things going on. Which I of just the can't remember the if it went final. Yet and which of the things they haven't. <laughs> yes, but listen, by and large, LAFC is going to be fine. They're going to make the playoffs and you're going to be a threat for whoever you play in the playoffs MLS Cup is the ultimate prize. You want to repeat, and you have, you still have Carlos Vela. You still have Denny Buwanga. Like you still have all, you know, a lot of the players that make a huge difference for you. I think it, I, I don't think there's any reason to worry about MLS play. I think League Cup is just sort of like, we'll see what happens. It's hard to know like how they're going to approach this competition when they haven't played any games yet. It's kind of nice that you have the buy, but it's also weird that you have the buy into the knockout round because you literally don't know what sort of competition you're getting into. I'm going to be very interested to see if the extra rest helps or hurts them. I think there's, you know, always a balance that you want to strike there between playing enough so that you're in form, but resting enough so that you're not injured and feeling uh, physically good to go. Yeah. I think we're, we're past the, what seemed like the hard part. So I'm excited to see where this takes us, the tournament and beyond. Lastly, I would feel silly having you here and not asking something about the messy of it all. Um, <laughs> The Athletic has had no shortage of fantastic reporting about Messi from every angle. It's been wonderful to read and get the inside insights, the outside look of everything. I mean, you guys are all over it. Besides all of that just speaking for itself, is there anything that you have as a takeaway from this whirlwind, what it's like to be reporting on it? Yeah, I mean, I I just think that it's been an interesting experience from just about every angle. And it has been interesting from the moment that we first reported that we had the first story, I think, that was just like, wait, this might actually happen. MLS is kind of preparing for Messi to arrive. You mentioned that we've done a bunch of different pieces. We have a Messi piece basically every single day now that's at least a substantial read. We have little news articles about whatever he says, whatever he does. And the reason we keep doing those is because people continue to read them and continue to find them interesting. And that's not a thing that MLS has ever had in its league before. Like the closest that we've gotten is probably David Beckham. And David Beckham was in a completely different media landscape. There was no Twitter in a serious way at the time that, that, that Beckham arrived. There was, And now there is also potentially not Twitter in a very realistic way <laughs> when Messi arrived. But, that's, but you know what I mean. Um, yeah. it was, it's just, it's just an, entirely, an entirely different landscape, both for soccer and in media. And I don't know, like, I just think it's going to be really interesting once we get into MLS play and he's playing on an every single week basis against teams in the u.s you know he's gonna have to travel to cincinnati to play the u.s <laughs> open cup semifinal uh you know <laughs> these are things that you sort of dream about seeing like what if messi came to mls and he had to play in commerce city colorado to play the rapids he's gonna have to travel to that stadium and be in this sort of weird exurb of denver and playing the rapids who are not like will he totally tear them apart or is he just going to have a weird time because he's playing at altitude which is also something he's used to because he plays in south america all the time. you know he's, <laughs> it's like every hypothetical you can possibly think of is coming to life and so we're trying to just cover it as much as we can 
Part of the challenge of, of covering this story is that you're simultaneously, at least in my position, I'm simultaneously trying to get stuff on The Athletic that appeals to people that have been watching MLS a long time and the people that have been watching Messi and global soccer for a long time. Those in and of themselves are two very, very separate, very distinct audiences that require a different approach. And then in addition to that, you have this third audience, which knows nothing about soccer and just knows American sports and has heard that the best player in the history of soccer is now coming to the U.S. to play and they don't know anything about it. And that and they require a completely separate approach. So you have these three groups that you're all trying to appeal to at the same time. That's why we've been do- doing so many stories, because as editors, we think of each one as targeting kind of a different group. And that's three times the amount of stories we would usually do about anybody else. But that's the power of Messi. He transcends a lot of separations between audiences that you would normally find just because he's so good and he's such a big deal because of it. Well, I think you guys have done a great job of it. Thank you so much for coming back on the show again. We are always excited to have you on. You're always welcome back. Before you go, where can people find more from you and anything else that you'd like to plug? Uh, you can find me personally on my Twitter, which is at anabnos, A-N-A-B-N-O-S. And to read everything that The Athletic does, you can subscribe to The Athletic. That is at theathletic.com. We're part of the New York Times bundle. So if you're already a Times subscriber, uh, you may actually already have us. You'll want to check sort of what, what sort of bundle you have. But if you don't already have us and you want uh, to have the best American soccer coverage that there is, in my very, very biased opinion, you can sign up for us. I'll second through, that. Through, through that way. <laughs> All right, everybody. Check your bundle. Thank you so much for coming on. I uh, hope to see you again soon. Thank you so much. Uh, when, when we come back, we're going to make some bets. And we're back. Now it's time for a segment called Bet It and Forget It. Bet It and Forget It. Every week, Travis and I end the show with a bet for this week's games. We make an outlandish prediction for that week, something that almost definitely will not happen, but could. Each week, we both put up $5. If no one hits, the money rolls over to the next week. Eventually, by the time someone's weird prediction comes true, they might win a good chunk of change. Neither of our bets have cashed since the last time we did this. The bet pool is now $40. It's getting back up there. We've both won once before, and now we're heading back up to big money. Big money, $40, no whammies. Do you have a prediction for this week's match? Last time we did it, my prediction was that an NBA player would be the Falconer. and I. Mine was that both Ordaz and Paul would score. (laughs) (laughs) I just want to say that my prediction for that Falconer thing was maybe the worst prediction made in the history of this, because it's the only time in history that they announced who the Falconer would be in advance. <laughs> People pointed it out the moment they were like, it's Shavo. We already know it's Shavo from system of a down. I was like, cool. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, it wasn't Armenian heritage night. Yeah. 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 <laughs> just, you know, whoops. The important part of betting is to never do any research. I have a bet this week that I'm very confident in, but I'm a little worried, Darren, you're going to say it's not outlandish enough because it, it's getting too serious. And I wonder if it's too quick to do it, but we haven't seen this in a while, which is why I'm predicting it. But you have every right to tell me that it's not outlandish enough and I can change it. And my prediction is this. This is sounding like it's starting to sound like it could be very similar to mine. <laughs> What's my my prediction is a brace from Denny Buanga. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> it's a thing that we haven't seen happen in a while. But at the beginning of the season, when he was well rested, he couldn't stop scoring goals. I think we're going to see a return to form, especially once uh, Mario Gonzalez shows up. I am 
excited to see a refreshed Denny Buwanga and a refreshed front line. And I am very confident in that bet. Do you think that's outlandish enough? It's definitely not as outlandish as my bet was. <laughs> but I okay, do you do it. You enough. do it, and then I can change it if we want to. Yeah, I, I can say like mine. it might be fun to do like dueling brace bets. Okay, yeah, or I could do uh, hat trick if that's if that's oh, yeah, more outlandish. Okay. Well, my bet is pretty outlandish. Mine is Maxime Crapo will save a PK. I almost I, that I literally almost did that same really? one. <laughs> okay, so that I Maxime Crapo shouldn't play in this right, game. Right. So I'm going to do Patrick. <laughs> I think he played a half for LAFC too. <laughs> so I'm going to say I'll go up to hat trick to meet your bet because a hat trick is pretty rare. Okay. I can also bring Denny it down. Like, Maxime Crapo will play. <laughs> no, no, no. It's more fun if they're yeah. both crazier. So Maxime okay. Crapo will not only face a PK in a game he's not supposed to play in, but save it. Well, and I'm predicting that Denny Bowanga will get a hat trick. Yeah. I think my one out is like, if we go into PKs, there might be some kind of like substitution necessary or something like that. And then like, if yeah. that's the only time he Although plays, McCarthy, healthy enough for that. McCarthy's our PK specialist. Like there was yeah, talk that he might come into the MLS cup final before Crepo even got hurt. So there's a, it's, it'll, yeah. All right. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. All right. That's our show. We that's shall show. see. Take us away, Darren. Just a reminder. We will be streaming our post game call in show 10 minutes after the final whistle of the match on our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash at happy foot, sad foot. There's a link in the show notes. Subscribe now. Talk to us in the chat during the show. You can join us on the show. It will be a lot of fun. This is a team I doubt many of us have seen before. So let's all watch together and then hang out together after. Thank you to Alex Abnos from The Athletic for joining the show again. Our theme music is done by the insane team of James Valentine, Nate Walcott, and Louis Palmer. Along with YouTube, you could also follow us on TikTok, Instagram, Twitter. Oh, sorry. <laughs> X. Oh, thank you so much. Facebook that was offensive. And, and th- <laughs> Facebook and threads. The list just keeps going. And I got to say, it's mainly Twitter and Instagram. I will put stuff on TikTok sometimes, but I don't know. I'm not saying X. I can't say X. Listen, if you're not following us on Blue Sky, you don't know what's going on. <laughs> the thing about X, it's like X was a cool th- to think X is like cool or hardcore is the most old man thing I can think of. Like, or like the X x games and xbox and all that shit gen x that was all like fucking 30 years ago you're old or it's like 12 year old like trapper keeper shit yeah but even that it's like the icon that for the app is like the like distressed black background with the x it's very much like when you learn what the phrase rock and roll means you're like (laughs) this is rock and roll (laughs) like you're like eight (laughs) you're like cool It's he's essentially drawing. He's drawing that cool S that we all used to draw as the logo. If you made it this far into the episode, chances are you're enjoying the show. And if that's true, and you want to show your support, please consider becoming a friend of the foot at five dollars a month at Patreon.com/slash Happyfoot Sadfoot, or pick up some Hapo Sappho inspired merch by going to HappyfootSadfootPod.com. Any support really goes a long way to keeping the show going and the community growing. And I have to say. It's been really fun to have a Patreon comment section to hang out with people in um, yeah, as great. things keep going. Uh, all right. We'll see you at BMO, baby. Goodbye. I love you. Bye. Bye. I love you. Bye. 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 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.